Welcome to Blondie and the Brit, Writing, Publishing, and Beyond. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. I am Blondie, KJ Waters. And I'm Suzanne Cowman. I'm the Brit. And together we're Blondie and the Brit. Yay! Woohoo! I am the author of Stealing Time. And I'm the author of the Rejected Writers Book Club. Welcome to Blondie and the Brit. Today we have a very special guest, someone who's a writer royalty in my neck of the woods. With millions of books in print, Jody Thomas is both a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of over 40 novels and 13 short story collections. Her stories travel through the past and present days of Texas and draw readers from around the world. In July 2006, Jody was the 11th writer to be inducted into the Romance Writers American Hall of Fame, with five readers to her credit, along with National Reader's Choice Awards and Booksellers Best Awards, Jody has proven her skill as a master storyteller. Jody enjoys interacting with students at West Texas A&M University in Canyon, Texas, where she currently serves as writer-in-residence. She's just released her latest work called Mornings on Main on April 10th. Welcome, Jody. Thank you. Glad to be here. Very excited to have you here. I've met you several times, and I've always been fascinated with your humble beginnings. Can you tell our listeners about how you got started? Started writing? Yes. Um, well, I was—I think I always wanted to write, and like most writers, and I um, would write stories in the beginning of books and stuff, but nothing worked, and I couldn't seem to find what I wanted to do in life. I'd gone back to school twice and got different degrees, hoping, and I was uh, actually sitting in a class working toward my Ph.D. in counseling. I started writing a romance, and uh, the class was at Texas Women's University, and I flew back home that night and told my husband, I'm going to drop out. Uh And uh, I'd already declared candidacy, but I dropped out and uh, wrote a book and never looked back. Uh, I didn't, I'm not a natural person you would think would be. English is my worst subject in college, and uh, I can't spell at all. Huh. Oh, you make me so happy, Jody. <laughs> I know, I'm about the same, too. The people like you're a writer, I'm like, I swear, I swear. I know, uh, last week I was writing something, and I had my uh, assistant, she has two degrees in English, and I said, Julia, read this for me, and she said, sure. And she said, Jody, I cannot figure out this word. And it was so obvious. I couldn't believe she couldn't figure it out. I spelled it I-C-E-O-R. Ice-or. 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 Not how you spell ice-or. It's not even close. Your spell checker won't even like, it'll be like, no. dude, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know. Spell checker refuses sometimes to even help me. But apparently that's not the most important skill. If you've got an assistant with all these English degrees, those are things, just like Suzanne, they're things that can they can fix for you, but it's the creativity and the storytelling that is really what's valuable as a writer. I, th- I think that's true. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and uh, I'm not a wordsmith. Right. Well, I think some people would argue with you about that. <laughs> you maybe not be a speller, but you're good at your words. Um, you've written over 40 novels, and I'm struggling with my third how do you keep up the momentum with writing and with your story ideas? 
I, I, I think that's the whole key. Uh, there are a lot of people that want to write, probably, but probably only one in a hundred finishes a book. And I think that you almost, they almost need to teach a class in time management uh-huh. and what you really want. And I see people all the time that have told me that all their life they wanted to be a writer, but they never could spend the time it takes to write. And so I write, I try to write every day. There are days I don't get to, but uh, I try to write. And I feel like you can be a writer if you can dedicate a clear two or three hours a day to it. I don't know any writers, except Nora Roberts. I think she works all day, but everybody else of concentrated writing doesn't write more than three or four hours. And I think if, if, if you write eight hours, maybe the diminishing returns on, you know, so much cleanup and... You lose a little bit of focus, a little bit of the, the spark if you're tired, you know. Tired I think so, too. But actually, uh, being tired for me is kind of like, you know, Hemingway's whiskey for me. Uh-huh. Because a lot of days when I've had look, several things to do and I and responsibilities as writer in residence, and I come home and it's after supper and, you know, I'm thinking I could just watch TV but I think I'll go up and write. That being tired releases and lets me step into creativity and the story. So I step into fiction, and sometimes I'll sit down and say, I'm going to write 20 minutes, and I'll look up and it's been two hours or three hours. Wow. That's probably really good writing with that that when it's like that. It is. All it needs is editing. You know, spelling and commas and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's, I mean, to me, that's the smallest part because there's plenty of people that can do that. I know people who are editors and they have trouble with the the ideas and the, you know, the creative storytelling to bring it all together and tie up the loose ends because they're so detailed. They're caught up in all the little spelling and grammar and, I mean, they know all that stuff. I Luckily, I'm not cluttered with all those (laughs) rules. I let her fix it afterwards. But I know, like, in particular her, she's just so detailed and organized. It's really hard. To, to do both of those things. So I think if you've got to give up one, since it's my skill set too, I like to start telling <laughs> I'm not the detail like you. So um, that's good. Now, one of the things that we talked about before we started is that you wanted to talk about how you manage your day. Do right. you want to go into that a little bit more? I think it's, it, I think it's really interesting to look at um, and to actually physically think about how you manage your day and not let it just happen to you. It happens to us anyway. The car doesn't start or we get a phone call and we have to go someplace. That happens every day, but manage what you can. And uh, I think I heard a secret the other day that I Ooh. think it'll really help. And one is when, when you wake up before you get out of bed or maybe when you're putting your makeup on or just at the very beginning, picture your perfect day and write it down. Think about it. Well, you're going to do this from 9 to 10. You're going to do this. And if writing is important to you, put it in there. Okay. Put in it maybe 15 minutes, maybe an hour, whenever you can. And I've done that from the first. Uh, I was teaching school when I first began, and I used to say, if I'll, if I'll take my lunch and stay in my office, that'll be 30 minutes that I have undisturbed. And that was, I just... You hollow out little bitty times. And if you plan your day then and say, I'm going to do this, and plan free time too, but plan it, 
then at the end of the day, write down actually what happened and see how close they are. And the game is eventually they will get closer and closer to being the day you plan will be the day you have. Right, and that's similar. We talked about in our last podcast is a victory journal that Suzanne was talking about. It's similar where you write down what you did accomplish, not the to-do list you didn't get to. It's what you actually did, and it's the the forethought and the setting the goals and then kind of following through with yourself afterwards. And victory journal is just a way to celebrate, like, yay, you know, I didn't get these five things done, but I did two. (laughs) I am real bad about writing down 20 things I'm going to do today. And uh, I was reading the book Overwhelmed, and she said, write three. And then ah. you feel, because uh, people remember what they didn't get done. Yes. So I'm just good. Uh, now I write three. I just took that advice. I'm I like that. These three things it's, and you can keep three in your head. If you've got 20 down, and it's just, it is overwhelming, you just, there's no way you can do all of that. And I'm very easily distracted. <laughs> to me too. <laughs> I think we're cut from the same cloth. Uh-huh. Yeah, Suzanne is the planner of us, too. She gets me focusing on, you know, what are you going to do? Let's figure out how much time you're going to write. How long does it take to get the book done and work backwards? And exactly. It's such a valuable skill. And I was not born that way. So I really like your idea. Of, as you're getting ready, it's like you just like, okay, in the front of your head, this is what I'm going to get done today. And then you kind of fine-tune it. And the, I guess over time, you match your wishes with your actual accomplishments. And I think the secret is actually writing it down. Yeah. To look at it every day. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing, getting distracted. If you can go right back to it. I have these little sticky notes from what Suzanne gave me, the Victory Journal. Here's what your goals are for this month and this day, and so it breaks it down so that you can take bite-sized pieces and accomplish them. Exactly. And this year, by Christmas, I will have written my 50th book. Oh, my God. Wow. Gosh. So you must be about 25 then, Jody, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> 50th book. Wow, are you going to celebrate? Are you going to do something fun for your 50th? I think I am. I'm not I'm not sure what I do, I'm going to do, but I think I am going to celebrate. I think you've you got to celebrate that. I think you should go to Bermuda or something big. <laughs> I, I think we're going to go see the Northern Lights. Oh, oh wonderful. Uh, to go up to Alaska or I think Iceland? We're gonna, uh, I think we're going to go to Norway. Norway. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. That's one of my husband's goals. He's he's real good at thinking of places to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good skill. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, you're taking a dip into new territory with your new release, Mornings on Main. All of your previous books have been about cowboys. Why the change in genres and how did you tackle that new task? Actually, uh, I when I started out, I love historical romances, and I won three Rita's Best Historical Romance. But um, a story came up that I couldn't um, put in history, and I wanted to write a, a, this is 10 years ago, and I wanted to write a story about women and how fast they bombed. And so it took me almost two years to get the story put together because I didn't know how to write mainstream. Yeah. And I learned as, as a practice, and I wrote Widows of Wichita County about an oil rig accident, and five husbands were burned, and four died, and one lived. And for a period of time, they were all burned. They didn't know for sure which husband was alive. And so uh, I wanted to write that story and it was sort of my first step into mainstream. And then I wrote a few others to try 
learning. I love. I, I can't write the same book over and over again. I know people say, well, write this again, but I can't. I want to write something different. And this time with Mornings on Main, I wanted to write a story that went deep into characterization where you feel like you know these people. And I wanted to write three women, three different ages. And the theme of the book, it takes place in a quilt shop, but the actual theme of the book is how do you store your memories. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit before. Um, and it's I love that you picked three different women, different ages, because you're kind of capturing different target markets that would be interested in that. And also there's different issues in their lives. So. Right. And, and, you know, people say, which one of the women were you? You know, most like. And I said, I'm all of them. I've been living long enough. I can be all of them. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> well, from all parts of your life. And, yeah, there's different challenges for each stage of your life. And, you know, with this, um, with, with what is it, a quilt shop, then they are bonding because they're working together in the quilt shop? Right. And um, um, the the older one they call Graham, uh, uh, Graham tells the 16-year-old who is running wild and, you know, dating the bad boy of town and everything. She says, you have to think of your life as a quilt. And each person you meet influences you and becomes a strip of that quilt, uh, one little piece of fabric. And you have to think, do you want this person to forever be a piece in your quilt? Oh, that is wow, that's, very, that's wonderful. But I'm having a lot of fun. I don't quilt, so I can write a book, but I can't quilt. <laughs> you just quilted with your life. That's right. <laughs> Tell me about you were interviewed on a, a local TV station, and they were talking about you had a quilt there and a painting. Tell us the inspiration behind it. Well, um, I brought my mother's quilt that she made as a girl, and I have a quilt room in my house because, like a, like a lot of people in Texas and, and all over, I'm sure, You've had ancestors' quilts, so I have great grandmother's quilt and grandmother's quilt and mother's quilt and crazy Aunt Sally's quilt and <laughs> everybody else. So I have a lot of quilts, and um, I love my mother's quilt. And when I won my first Rita, my husband had this brilliant idea, and he goes to an art show and it finds this artist named Art Arvis Stewart, who is a wonderful uh, artist. And he, he does illustrations for uh, religious children's books, and they're beautiful illustrations. And he said, could you paint me a picture and put my wife's award and her mother's quilt in a Victorian uh, room? And Arvis says, I don't know. And he said, the second question is, can I afford it? <laughs> and Arvis said, I think it's a great idea. I'll do it. And so he, that, I took that painting. And it has my uh, mother's quilt flying in the breeze and uh, out the window. And it has the room in it with my award there. Dear Lord. And my books are on the shelf. Oh, my books yes. should not wow. be in a Victorian room. <laughs> they are. <laughs> well, yeah. There's, there's so that. that's why I took that and it was, it was fun. That's great. And that's a really good segue into my next question. In 2006, you were inducted in the Romance Writers Hall of Fame. Tell us more about that exciting event in your career. Well, I didn't know it was going to be, it was it was in Atlanta, and I didn't know it was going to be exciting. I, I was up for my third uh, Rita, 
And I had a good feeling about it because I, I thought the other two I didn't think I'd win because I read everybody else's and thought theirs was better than mine, so I didn't <laughs> think I'd win. But uh, third one I thought I might win, so I went to at the awards, and sure enough, they called my name, and I went up on stage. I had my talk ready to go and gave my talk, and then um, uh, when I started to step off the stage, Christina Dodd stopped, stopped me. And she said, you can't leave. And I turned around, and Nora Roberts had stepped on oh my the thing. And I looked around, and the legends in writing that I've known and read all my life were coming to the stage. Oh and goodness. they were other Hall of Fame members. And they stood there on the stage behind me and said, and Nora said, on the rare occasion a woman wins her third Rita, she... Um, is automatically inducted into the hall. Wow. And now I didn't have a speech. I could give it to you. It sounded like a, a baby crying. <laughs> what a great surprise, yeah, though. Was. Aren't you glad you went, though? What if you hadn't gone? I know. <laughs> I was but glad. I even bought a new dress. <laughs> but I bought it at Dillard's, and there were five people that had the same dress on that. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that was okay. We had a picture made together, all five of us. <laughs> but they weren't up on stage, though. No. <laughs> so I got, you had the best dress. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow, that is exciting. So, Jody, tell us a little bit about library tours. We noticed that you take out, you've been doing library tours. How do you organize them? We've got a lot of people that listen that are writers, and they would probably enjoy learning how to do that. Tell us a little bit how you get around doing that. Uh, well, from the very beginning with my first book that, uh, that I had uh, no support at all from uh, the publishing house, uh, I decided that I would spend time and money promoting myself. And this was back. Uh, in the old days, you know, <laughs> when there were more computers, and um, my I, I planned it, and I would just call every library, and I, I drew a map and just started a road trip, and uh, we went from Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, um, and around, and I just would draw it off, and then we would start out, I would call call them six months ahead of time and say, I'm coming to your library, I'm going to donate a book, and do you have a book club or do you have a luncheon or anything that I can talk at? Some of them were great. There'd be 50 people waiting for me, and some of them were terrible. I'd be talking to the librarian, and that was it. But uh, And then I, I booked three things a day. I would book a talk, and sometimes I, I would call churches and say, if you have a women's group, I'll talk to your women's group. I would call um, any kind of society, the Beta Sigma Phi, the... Um, anything and a literacy society in and offer to talk and I did three things in every town. And I remember, wow. I remember one ten day trip, we were on the road doing three things in every town and I ate every meal out of a bag. Because <laughs> oh I, my gosh. I would be talking wow. and then I'd climb back in the car and I'd eat lunch on the way to the next thing. Wow. And uh, wow. I, I, after 10 days, I said, I'm never eating takeout again. <laughs> but uh, well, that's, that's really good to hear because just motivating yourself and doing that, so many people don't think to do that, just to call up somewhere and say, hey, I can come and give a talk. And would you just talk about your book or, what, or writing or what would you talk about? Uh, writing, books, literacy, um, 
because I was not an early reader and I had a learning disability, so it really helped. And I would just, I would find a group, uh, and if it had, like, might be new neighbors, and I would always say to people, do you know another group? Is it, are there other people? And there always were. Uh, the people that organized different kinds of groups know each other, and they'd say, well, there's another one down the road 100 miles, and I would set up that. Now, of course, with the Internet, I do a great deal on online, but I still like hitting the road. I still like traveling. So now I probably get two invitations a week. So if um, this this week, Lampasas Library called for their annual uh, big fundraiser and wanted to know if I would keynote in uh, January. And if they're listening, I'm saying yes. And, uh, but if I got it first, I'm bloody in the red. <laughs> That's right. And Lamb Passes is a little town, but they've got a lot of great people. And uh, I, while I'm down there, uh, I if I'm going to drive, because from Amarillo to Lamb Passes, it's going to take me all day. I will be probably doing three or four things while I'm down there. Yeah, I'll do wow. a, book, a bookstore, <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff. That's really inspirational that you still do that, that you go out even though you're, you're like a, a multi-award winning author and everything. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we noticed, talking a little bit about marketing, we noticed that on your Amazon account, you have the Vine Voice customer review for mornings on Main Street. And we didn't know what that was. Can you share a little bit about that, if you could, what that is? I am not sure. That's a new thing on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yes. I think it's a select group. You have to apply for it. And they, uh, all I know about them is they're reviewers that have done hundreds of reviews to get ah. on it. And I also know that they get their reviews posted before release date. Yeah, that's what we noticed. Because I mean, that very rare that doesn't happen on Amazon, as you know. They keep they hold back their, their they normally hold back their reviews until it's actually out. Yes, I kind of have uh, uh, a strange re- uh, relationship to reviewers. Um, a lot of them <laughs> I just love. Uh, a few of them uh, I meet is uh, on my travels, and I oh, it's like we're friends because like, we've shared a brain for a while while we were <laughs> in a book, and I just love them. And then I get reviews that I just want to find out where they live and go over and and bop <laughs> them and say, listen, uh, I, the I got one last year that said I gave Jody a one because I ordered my book from Amazon and it came in with the cover bent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, yes. I know. We talk about that all the time, the ridiculous reviews. Or somebody who says, I hated this from the page one and then read the whole thing. And you're like, why? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't do that. I know. But yeah. re- reviewers are, I, I really think the reviewers are basically great fans. Yeah. And, uh, and if and they're not going to read you again, so they're going to read you if they love you. They're going to keep reading you, so you're going they're going to keep reviewing. And I have some reviewers that I watch for every time. Oh, that's great. So that relationship with people that are like kind of your fan club, kind of boosting you along. Too. Right. That's great. Yeah. Excellent. That's wonderful. Do you have a fan club at all? I did um, um, about fifteen twenty years ago. A group. There were a few of them. They said, can we have a fan club? And I said, I don't know. You think you can find eight people? 
And I said, sure. And so we we had a fan club of eight people, and we went and had lunch before my autographing, and that was fun. And the next time we had 125, and wow. it was out oh, wow. of, and it was out of hand. So I, but uh, I have, I still have a. I call a fan club. I have a core group of people that they get my newsletter and they read all of my books and they comment and they send me messages. And anyone that is out there reading all my books and would like to comment can just sign up. They just come in and sign up for my newsletter. Then they know everywhere I'm going and they show up and some of them have become great friends. That's great. Can you give people your website where they can find that? JodyThomas.com. J-O-D-I-T-H-O-M-A-S.com. Yes. All right, go check it out. Last question, actually. We wanted to uh, you to kiss and tell. We saw that you were at KissCon, and we wanted to know what that was. It sounded fabulous. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what it was either, but it sounded <laughs> fun. And uh, I'll tell you that I'll tell you the backstory of what happens at KissCon. Oh, uh, okay. We love the backstory. They they brought in ten of us. We all flew in. Uh, they put us up in a very nice hotel. The next afternoon, uh, the editor and the publicist from Avon showed up. We They had rented us a beautiful little bus to go to the library to talk. And the editor got on the bus and she said, uh, I bet y'all all had a great time last night. You all got here at the same time and we were on expense accounts. So, we, you know, I bet y'all had a great time. And we all looked at each other. All ten of us had stayed in our room and worked. (laughs) (laughs) Dedicated office. So she stood up and she said, okay, you introverts, let me talk to you. You, We're going to meet a whole bunch of fans. You have to talk to them. (laughs) You have to talk to them. Oh, my gosh. I can imagine you in all great hotel room where I can order hotel food. I can just sit here and write. That's so funny. That's right. That's all we did. And, um. uh, then we went in, and it was at a huge, beautiful library in in Kansas City, and they had um, they had 300 chairs set up, and it was packed. There were people standing all around, and they were all fans, and it was so much fun. And they did. Uh, ca- uh, we had cards. I've never done that. I would do that. And you had to show your card, and then they asked people questions. And I found out I hadn't done anything, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Almost every one of them. I've never shown up drunk anywhere. I've never never been so high I didn't remember the concert, (laughs) you know. So it was kind of fun. But I just feel, feel like my my fans, even most of those ladies I didn't know, are friends I haven't met yet. Oh. And when I oh, meet them, yeah. I can talk um, uh, just immediately to them. And it was a long journey getting there, four airplane rides, and getting back. And it was short, but if you have a Kiss Con in your town, go to it. It's fun. It was uh, free to the public. It was really fun. Whoa. I have this image, Kiss Con, people lying up to like kiss at the table or something. <laughs> And I'm sure that wasn't what you were doing. (laughs) They gave a lot of prizes away, and it was just, uh, it was, it was, and we all signed books, and people could buy books. Cool. Sounds great. 
Great, that's all I have. Question one, did you want to finish just uh, giving us a little um, flavour of your book and what it's, I mean, we talked a little bit about what your book's about, but could you kind of give us the synopsis if people want to go buy Mornings on Main? Well, Mornings on Main is probably the most mainstream book I've, I've ever written, but after all, my roots are in romance, and it has three romances in it. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. Uh, so it's a, it's it's a very there's one very sweet one about a, a man who loves a woman all his life, and uh, it's it's very sweet. And of course, there's the young girl who's trying to decide which which boy she likes, and it's um it's a very heartwarming story. It's a book that when you start you will be setting up late 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 reading you won't and i planned on it being a standalone book but uh I'm, we're already talking about the sequel oh great wow i and i'm under contract to write three more um ransom canyon which is about ranching it's a um a story about ranchers that live around a canyon called Ransom Canyon. I had to give up one of those books to write Mornings on Main. So uh, I don't know. Now it looks like I have two series going. I hadn't planned that. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time well, management. sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Get that time management under control and you can do it. Yes. Well, now, if y'all want to ask me fast rounds, yeah. I've never done that. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, let's do lightning round. Now, what we tell people for lightning round is, what we tell them for lightning round is, you know, we're looking for short answers. But if we get a great kernel, this is sometimes the place where we find out things about people that we had no idea. Oh, okay. So, you know, one of our, our the person I think of the most, Suzanne, is Jerry. When we interviewed her, she's my editor. And she's very, you know, very structured and detailed. And, you know, you think of her straight-laced and... She said something about her her career choices in high school is either an astronaut or a stripper. So <laughs> little kernels like that, they're usually like, what? Okay. No idea. So not that I'm expecting that Uh-oh. particular answer from you. <laughs> no pressure. We know you haven't done it very much because you've already done the cards, the kiss cards. So. <laughs> That's right. I, knew, I found out I've, I've lived a very a secluded life. <laughs> okay. So lightning round. Okay, so first question is, what is your favorite writing spot? Right now, my favorite writing spot is a hidden away condo I bought, and it's real tiny, and it's in between a whole bunch of other condos. Nobody can find it. I go in the garage door, close the garage door, and I am totally in my own world. Oh, that is a great idea, a little seclusion. What do you have in there that's like special things to to inspire you? Diet Cokes. (laughs) And chocolate. <laughs> and chocolate. Okay. I was thinking candles oh, like or something. That's my kind of place. Food yeah. and caffeine and then chocolate. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. The whole refrigerator is full of Diet Coke. <laughs> Are you a pantser or a plotter? I don't really think I'm either one. I. It's, it's odd. Some nights I write and I write later to see what happens. Huh. I really yeah. don't. It's like the... It's like a character sits down in front of me and begins to tell me his story, and I just hang on. Oh, I love that. So that's kind of a pantser. I guess it's a pantser. 
But then you plot out some of it. Right. So you're a plunther, like Suzanne and I love plunthers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how we came up with that word, but it, you know, it's like you're a mixture. Sometimes you do one, like, you know, sometimes you do the other. Plot it out. And then when you start writing, you're like, wait a minute, they're doing things I didn't expect. I have a little, little house out behind my house we call the bunkhouse. And it probably was, because my house is real old, it probably was a maid's quarters years ago. And I covered the wall with whiteboards. And sometimes when I'm thinking, I'll write family histories, I'll write where I think I'm going, I'll, I'll plot out the book, and I never follow it. But it gives me an idea. <laughs> yeah, somewhere yeah. to start. That sounds a little bit like you, Suzanne, and your, your big sheets of paper. That's how big sheets of paper. <laughs> um, if you could be transported back in time, where would you go? I wouldn't go past where electricity was because I need my hair dryer every day. I need hair dryer. Oh, I love that. I love it. I don't think I would go. I love the idea of, of wouldn't it be fun to go back? But no, I don't think I'd go very far back. <laughs> like to have your hot water and your hair dryer. Yes. And yeah. Chocolate and Diet Coke. I got That's you. Right. I got you. Who or what inspires you? I listen to country western music when I'm working on western, uh, even Ransom Canyon that is set in the panhandle of uh, you know of Texas, but it's modern day. But I like uh, sometimes a line from a from a song. A lot of times, the people can say something, and I, I like to listen to people's conversations. Oh. You sit in coffee shops and just like sometimes <laughs> I do, yeah, and sometimes people will say. A, just a phrase and it'll start a story. I love that. It's that just open to anything to inspire you. That's right. pretty cool. And I love people who talk in stories. Right. Let me tell you when this happened. Then You're right. Yeah. I love that. My grandma was that way. She always said, even if I was at the situation that happened, the way she told it was so much better than reality. Yeah. She just had a real skill for that. Which book do you wish you had written? It's, that's kind of like asking me which is my favorite writer, yeah. and I can't say. Uh, hun, uh, the, I could name a hundred, but I can't name one. Well, that'll take and a it's probably the next one that I'm going to read. There you go. I love it when you open a book and you can't put it down, yeah. and you forget you're a writer. You just step into that book. That's great. And that is so rare when that happens. Yeah, especially as a writer, I think that you're thinking, you know, how do, why do they do that with a story? You know, you're such an expert on what you do to, to kind of turn off that critique but if it's that well written and that compelling of a story that it, is there one you can think of recently that did that to you um no no <laughs> that's okay <laughs> because i haven't got to read in the last year hardly and i've read a lot of nonfiction in the last year yeah. but i haven't got fiction and around my bed i have ones i have to read yep. and so i have the, it looks like a forest in there there's little piles <laughs> of books Oh, that's cute. Uh, what is your favorite writing author moment so far? That's a good question. What was your favorite author moment? <laughs> They're not interviewing yeah. me. <laughs> you know, mine was when I very held my very first book, the physical book. That was a wonderful moment for me. So have you got a moment like that? Uh, yes. I, I think every time I open a book and see that first book, I, that the first one that I see that I can hold, that's, right. that's exciting. I think it took me a long time. Um, when when my third book hit national bestseller, I called my uh, agent and I said, you know, this makes me feel like a real writer. And she said, Jody, you are a real writer. But I think it took me maybe 10 books before I really thought 
I'm a real writer. Oh, that's wow. interesting. Time. I, I, I was pretending. <laughs> <laughs> Take it till you make it, right? That's right. And you made it yeah. before you even and, realized and it. I, yeah, I think that was that's really true. And I've had so many, so many fun times that uh, things that have happened to me that it really touched me and and uh, mostly involving readers. That when I'm told that, uh, I think the funniest thing that ever happened to me was when I wrote Widows of Wichita County, a man called me and told me how much he loved the book and how wonderful it was. And I talked to him for a few minutes and he said, how long have you been a widow? And I said, I don't know. He was watching TV when I answered the phone. So <laughs> but I wasn't a widow and he hung up then after that. <laughs> <laughs> so he thought this was like a true story. I think it. I, yeah, I think it. He was. He was trying to ask me out. But. Oh. <laughs> oh no! That's no, so funny. I don't. Uh, I. I think there's a part of me that's every story, and part of me that's not too. Yeah, that's good. Okay, one last question. One thing you wish you had been told about being a writer. Oh, how hard it was. Yeah. I. I. I you know, I, I see writers in my office and they come in and they want to write a book and I want to tell them it's a hundred times harder than you think it is. Right. You know, and, but it's also, I would not trade my life for anything. I love, uh, because I do live in fantasy half of the time, yeah. but it's, it's, it's been a very rich life. Uh, and it, even if you never make any money, it's a very rich life. It is. And you get to go on all these adventures, you know, That's in right. your spare time without so, having to leave your house. So. Sometimes I think I don't live. I just do research. Because anything <laughs> I want to do, anything that interests me, I'm out doing research on. That's good. Probably the peace, most peaceful time that that ever happened was I was out uh, talking to a woman who rescued horses was fascinated she had a ranch and she said uh, her husband died she had five kids and they had a horse ranch and she said she couldn't get away she couldn't go anywhere so she would go out at night after the kids went to bed and just walk with the horses walk with the herd and she said it was the most peaceful thing in the world and she, she looked at me and she said do you want to walk with the herd ah. and man everybody else was shaking their heads no because these were wild horses and they were mistreated horses and oh, dangerous wow. horses and I was climbing out of the fence and heading out to the oh pasture my gosh. and she taught me how to walk with them and That's it, it was a very peaceful time wow I love that have you used any of that, that yes. feeling in your book yeah, yeah. in fact uh, uh, the book that's coming out Christmas is going to be about a horse ranch and what's it called? It's called Mistletoe Miracles. Oh, I love it. It's this Christmas story about a ranch. Oh, I love that. Good. And that, so that's back. Is that one of the three that you have contract for yes. Ransom Canyon? Is it part of the series or is it It's standalone? part of the series. Oh, excellent. Uh, well, they all stand alone. But, yeah, yeah, you know, but they're in a And uh, Yeah, it's contest. part of the series, but it's going to be my Christmas book. Oh, cool. And how far how long are you in that? I'm finished. Finished? Because it's out. It'll be out in the fall. I work about... Nine months ahead. And how many books do you write in a year? Two. Two books a year. Okay. 
And so that comes back to the time management. And the <laughs> that is very important. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I need a condo. I work a lot harder the last two or three months than I do the first two or three yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Deadlines have a way of sneaking <laughs> up on me. Do, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, good. That's all I have. Is there anything that you would like to talk about that we haven't asked you? The only thing I'd say to beginning writers is learn your craft and take the time. Uh, when I was learning to write, I went to every conference, uh, every school. that Now you can take co- courses online that yep. are so beneficial. And uh, I read every book in the library on writing. And learn your craft a little bit before you start writing. That's very good. Saves you a lot of time. Well, it does, yeah. You start off in a better place than... And you don't have to break bad habits. Very good advice. Well, Jody, this has been a very delightful interview. Thank you for your time. Thank you. That's Appreciate fun. it. Thank you for joining us on Blondie and the Brit. Thank you to Jody Thomas for her time. It has been an exceptional interview. And join us next time where we have an interview with another great author. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com.